Attention all podcasts of the Solar Federation. We have assumed control. We have assumed control. We have assumed control. Welcome to the Intergalactic Boombox. It's everything, everywhere, all at once. Except it's not a critically acclaimed beloved movie that gives you hope that Hollywood isn't totally devoid of original ideas. I'm Kyle Bear, adult Gohan from the Dragon Ball Z and Super franchise. I'm a 53-year-old bald goateed nerd who covers nerdy things and interacts with my own nerdy voices for my own nerdy characters on board my nerdy spaceship. Thank you for choosing to utilize a skosh of invaluable podcast listening time to this endeavor. First of all, a nod to the Al Capella Symphony Orchestra, who only seems to appear when named. <laughs> Thank you for being a friend. The Intergalactic Boombox is brought to you by non-existent sponsors like Bubonic Billy's Big Wheel Repair Shop, restoring you or your parents' or grandparents' classic 1970s childhood roadsters to completely obliterate Amazon package porch thieves. With optional turbo engines, you can run right into them. Oh, two points. And by 7-Year Itch Cream. Just slather a gob of this magical goo all over yourself to simulate the itch of poison ivy without actually coming face-to-face with it because the scratching just feels so good. (laughs) But keep in mind, it's temporary and only lasts for seven years. I got a powerful and emotional email this week that I'd like to share with you. Better yet, let me get my virtual assistant Bubba to actually read it aloud. Yo, Bubba! Amber Heard's acting coach on a pig roaster. What is it now? Hey, Bubba, with your ancient, out-of-date AI VO software, could you please read my latest email here? Accuracy is key. You asked for it. Here it goes. Hello, dear. I'm Mrs. Elizabeth Graham from Australia. Okay. A widow to late Dr. Barry Graham. Mm. I am 70 years old. Okay. My health condition has gotten worse. And just two weeks ago, my doctor informed me that my condition has reached a critical stage. I only have three months left. My late husband was very wealthy, and after his death, I inherited all his businesses and wealth. Yay. I've decided to divide my wealth to contribute to your country and assist you with the funds to do great charity works. This is my final wish. Uh I selected you after searching a few websites. I prayed and was led to you. (laughs) I'm willing to donate the sum of 3,200,000 U.S. dollars to the less privileged through you. God bless you, Mrs. Elizabeth Graham, a widow. Seems legit. The question of the week. Do you prefer gas or electric vehicles and why? Dreb Scott, through the Castomatic Podcasting 2.0 app, newpodcastapps.com, says, Another great episode. P.S. I still prefer my old gas truck. I can fix most anything on it myself. Not going to lie, though, each fill up hurts a little bit more, especially with prices out here on the left coast. Thank you, Dreb, for the 9,500 sats boost. And also thanks to fellow SatCat donating sats and boosting Dave Jones from the Podcasting 2.0 show. Check in the Twitters. Let's get a couple of my alien compadres here on board the Intergalactic Boombox. It's 
That's my name. Don't wear it out. And Shiggles. Hello. All right, guys. Do you prefer gas or electric vehicles? Crosstrash says, I haven't used much of electric cars yet, but the car my instructor used for my driving lessons was a hybrid, and I love the feeling. Ricky Final Fantasy 14 2023 says, electric for me. Not only is it insanely cheaper than a gas-powered vehicle, fossil fuels are a finite resource, so one day it's all going to run out, and then those gas-powered vehicles will be SOL'd. Sarosugu Queen says, I prefer anything that doesn't need a lot of gas, because have you seen those prices? Yeah, they're hitting me right in the wallet, man. I want an EV just based on that alone. Marvel Animated Wiki says, I've only had gas. I would like a hybrid. The problem with all electric is that they're not good for long road trips due to limited battery life and lack of charging stations across the country. Even if there were more stations, it still takes a long time to charge. First world problem to another, so long lines at the gas station to long lines at the charger station. You said it, Mon Capitan. Andrew Gittin says, as of right now, I'm all petrol powered because I don't have any other options. But I'm not against the electric slash hybrid. Whitney Latt says, ideally... Hybrid. I work in paleontology and geology, so that's a lot of potential for rough terrain and occasional light off-roading or travel to remote areas. And while I love to be as green as possible, you also cannot be caught out in nowhere, USA, with a dead battery. Yeah, one time on a road trip, me and my wife, we, uh, the tank was like going like beyond empty. And we were nowhere near a gas station. So I type in the coordinates because my GPS was saying that there was a gas station. So I exit and I turn into this area. I'm following the GPS directions and it takes me into a field with nothing but like sand roads. It looked like the perfect place to get murdered. Well, that's not good. So did you get murdered? Uh, no, but we did turn around and eventually found a gas station. That's definitely one of the times I wish I had an electric car. And actually, the supercharger network from Tesla is open to all EVs now, and there are more and more charging stations all over the place, and it's just getting easier and easier to have those. So uh, range anxiety is not as much of a problem anymore. I'm looking forward to having an EV. Primary Blend says, Man, I'm mad. By this day and age, I thought there'd be flying cars. I got the fi, not the psi. Yeah, you know, the problem with flying cars is if you get in a wreck, that's twice as bad because you're going to get killed having a mid-air collision and then the debris falls down and kills people on the, on the ground. Well, that's very depressing, mate. Right? Bobby Steele says, gas. I'm still making payments on my 2019 Ford Fiesta till the end of October 2025. Been used to gas-powered cars and not sure if I could get used to change. Lord Comet says, until electric cars are affordable, by all, I'd say gas there, Kyle. Thank you, Lord Comet. And thank you, Gits and Shiggles, for uh, reading our emails for the week. Hey, no problem. It helps to have a script. Shh, don't give it away. No question. What's your favorite podcast genre? Is it true crime, news, comedy, sports, multimedia, music, tech, lifestyle? I like a little of everything except sports. Not into sports at all. But uh, I even dig podcasts about podcasting, like Ask the Podcast Coach or Buzzcast, Podcast Pontifications, Podland, Pod News, and of course, Podcasting 2.0, where I first heard about value for value and all the cool extra features that Podcasting 2.0 players have that you can use for free forever. Download at newpodcastapps.com. Do you have a genre podcast recommendation? Tell me your favorite podcast genre and some favorite shows at Boombox Pod. Do it. Do it now. 
I've been a voice actor for 22 years, but before that I was a DJ on the radio, and those two career paths have been inspiring me ever since childhood. And so getting to achieve those dreams feels so amazing. And now we have podcast, but back in the day, audio entertainment was limited to terrestrial AM or FM radio. And I just read this really interesting article on cracked.com about how a lot of Saturday Night Live's original cast made their first national appearances, not on TV, but in radio. Now, you may know the name National Lampoon from the classic Chevy Chase comedies, Vacation, Christmas Vacation, or even some with Van Wilder. But that name originates with a magazine called National Lampoon, a monthly comedic look at pop culture that started in 1970. And that publication spawned films, live theater, comedy albums, books, and what we're talking about today, a national radio show called the National Lampoon Radio Hour. The aforementioned Chevy Chase, along with Bill Murray, John Belushi, and Gilda Radner, were amongst the cast of the National Lampoon Radio Hour. And they would go on to become household names in 1975 with the debut of Saturday Night Live. They had their roots in Second City improv comedy in Chicago. And between that and Second City in Canada, merged together with their own SCTV show with Egon Spengler himself, Harold Ramis, as head writer and performer, as well as Joe Flaherty. You know some other veterans like uh, Rick Moranis and John Candy. Now, controversial sketches on the National Lampoon Radio Hour made it a hard sell for advertisers, but it did have a reach on 600 radio stations. It first debuted in 1973, chock full of politically incorrect humor that definitely would not fly today. It lasted only one year, got yanked off the air when a slew of sponsors pulled out over one show being dedicated to the death penalty. In swoop producer Lorne Michaels, whose voice is the very inspiration for Dr. Evil and, uh, Saturday Night Live was birthed. All the episodes of the National Lampoon Radio Hour are available in a CD box set. So the big question, is it funny? Well, comedy is subjective, but there is a goldmine of talent that got their first big national exposure through our ears. A sequel to Best Picture Oscar nominee and winner of a gazillion Oscar technical awards, Joker, is getting a sequel. Joaquin Phoenix is set to return, as well as director Todd Phillips. Now, unless you're French, this sequel has an awesome and not easily pronounceable name. Folie à Dieu. Which means madness or folly between two. Ah. Imagine all the butcherings at the box office of that name. It's like, yeah, I'd like two tickets to Folie à Ducks. Nothing beyond the title is known at this time. Folie adieu. Is actually a psychiatric syndrome between two people with shared hallucinatory or delusional beliefs. The Joker movie was in its own cinematic universe, so even with just a name as a clue, it's fun to speculate who Arthur Fleck's psychosis could be sharing the screen with. What do you think? Forrest Gump? My mother always told me to smile and put on a happy face. She told me I had a box of chocolates to bring laughter and joy to the world. Or Droopy. This cow needs an enema. Conspiracy here from my top secret bunker in Pahrump, Nevada, smack dab between Las Vegas and Death Valley National Park. So come visit and lose all your money or life sometime. We're in Nye County. No relation to Bill. If you see a gigantic tinfoil hat antenna in the desert, that's definitely not me. And now it's time for all the news you can't use. Page one. Would you ever want to eat a breakfast cereal named Period Crunch? Ew. Well, if you do, go stand over there, please. You're making me nervous. 
intimate wellness company, Intamina, produce a bevy of products that promote feminine health, and their latest is a uterus-shaped raspberry-flavored cereal that slowly turns the milk red. Ew. The package features diagrams and info to educate, as apparently a majority of the population doesn't even know where the uterus is. <laughs> oh, 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 I wait, I can do you know where the uterus is? Well, of course I do. What does planet uterus have to do with riding the cotton pony? Um, <laughs> never mind, proceed. You know, Herbert, it's funny how the cost of living keeps going up, but your chance of living's going down. Love you too, buddy. Get out of here. I'm going to order you a box of this cereal. Where was I? Ah, the company says period crunch is intended to spark conversations about the social stigma about Aunt Flo's monthly visit. I may be the wrong demographic for this product, but I'll say it anyway. The purpose of breakfast is to wake up, not throw up. <laughs> Page two. Looking at getting married in my neighboring town of Las Vegas by an Elvis Presley impersonator? Uh -huh. Well, your days are numbered. Authentic Brands Group, which owns the image rights to the king of rock and roll, sent a bunch of cease and desist letters to multiple wedding chapels, warning them to stop using the trademark name. These businesses won reprieve is to shove a bunch of hush money back at authentic brands so they can have the license to use the image and the name. Otherwise, what are all these Elvis impersonators going to do for a living? Probably crying all the time, and they ain't no friend of mine. Page 3. Marvel's biggest flop became the meme of legends, with phrases that aren't even uttered in the film, like, It's Morbin time. Twitch streamers pirated Morbius around the clock, till copyright notifications eventually put out those fires. The movie studio theorized that all this attention might equal dollar signs at the box office. <laughs> oh, so Morbius was re-released in over a thousand theaters. They quickly learned that Marvel fans be trolling and nabbed less than half a mil that weekend. Not even cracking the top ten. Sure, the film might be a train wreck, but Jared Leto still got paid more than most of us ever make in a lifetime. Quite an achievement to set cinematic dumpster fires for DC and Marvel. Plus, how could anybody look like that at age 50? Oh yeah, he's one of the Illuminati. Duh. Chanting mumbo-jumbo in a chicken costume, dancing around a bonfire, apparently manifests the ability to look young. It only costs a few box office duds. Gee, where do I sign up? And I'm spent. Conspiracy here, and that's all the news you can't use. Somebody send Morbius a box of period crunch. Save a few lives. Aw, oh, look at the time. The intergalactic boombox is shot out of a cannon into a swamp, while a studio audience is too preoccupied with their phones to care. Select members will receive the official intergalactic boombox earwax remover. Portions of this podcast were dumped onto USB thumb drives and launched by balloon. If they're ever discovered, boy, will they be confused. Remember, kids, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. But if you want to not move at all, sit in traffic. Until next time, doodles.